0: Hello and welcome to episode 54 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach.
1: And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for weekly drunken Magic the Gathering arena content. Yeah, basically we're regular dudes drinking irregular beers. This time I promise it's beer. (laughs) And we're talking about Magic the Gathering, in particular the online client MTG Arena. That's right. And this
0: week we're talking all about Crimson Vow Draft. Yes, because that's basically most of all of what I've been doing. Um... because I didn't get to go to Vegas like everybody else in the Magic community this weekend. <laughs> That's
1: right. Well, they were playing a format I've never heard of before. Mo- modern? I don't know what that is. I was. don't know. Yeah, it
0: yeah, must be really old. I don't know why they call it modern. Yeah, I
1: think it's, I think it's like a different game, maybe. I don't yeah, I don't know. know.
0: I don't know. Uh, but anyway, each week we both bring a beer, we drink our own, then drink each other's, rate them on a scale of Bronze to Mythic, and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what's on tap?
1: All right, so I brought a beer called Viaduct IPA. I hope I'm saying that right. It's from Danforth Brewery. At uh, 6% and it's a West Coast IPA. So I guess a viaduct is a, a type of bridge. You know those bridges that have a bunch of arches? Oh. So that's what a viaduct is. And uh, this one is in, in particular referencing, you know, when like Bloor Street turns into Danforth, the bridge that you go Oh, on. Yeah. Okay, It's like it goes over the DVP. I think that's what this is talking about. Interesting.
0: All right. So it's a bridge that goes over water? <laughs> I guess. Isn't that every bridge? <laughs> I don't know how troubled the water is, but it definitely goes over. <laughs> All right. Uh, this week I brought a beer that I don't know why I didn't bring this before. Um, I might have some guesses, but this one is from Muskoka Brewery. It is called Midnight Magic, which sounds like a really nice... Name for a draft video, maybe. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> might have to steal that one. We might steal this name because it's pretty good. Um, but anyway, it's a small batch, so this is part of uh, Muskoka's Kettle series, which they do um, every once in a while and just have uh, a, a few people uh, from their staff brew this beer. And this one specifically is brewed by Kurt, Sam, and Matt, and it is a dark saison with Pinot Noir Pomas. <laughs> Ah. Yes. Oh, the Pomas of the Pinot Noir. Um,
1: Still on that wine train,
0: huh? Exactly. I, I thought that's basically why I got it is because, you know, I wasn't ready to go back to beer yet. I wanted a little bit of wine in my beer, um, but uh, it is 4.8%. That's
1: like a third of a wine then. Yes.
0: It's definitely not going to be like last episode.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: man. Uh, anyway, magic news. Jeff, it's almost here. What is the draft arena open is next weekend, December 4th and 5th. It's going
1: to be great. Wow, that is exciting. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: well, like we've said, we've said this for a couple weeks, but we are so excited. We've been talking about this since we started the show how we've wanted one of these to be mm-hmm. draft, and we're finally getting it. So,
1: fingers crossed, the client holds up. And everything works out fine. Yeah, that's the big question. Because I remember when we got the sealed one for the first time, we're like, okay, it's limited. You know, mm-hmm. I'll give you I'll give you that. But can we have a draft one, please?
0: So we're finally getting a draft one. However, recently, in other magic news, there have been some client issues. Um, <laughs> I didn't really want to bring it up on the show because last week it was like, yeah, it's a new set. It happens. This week was mm-hmm. rough enough where they had to take the the new update and then t- t- kind of go backwards and be like you know what we aren't gonna update it as early as we thought because it screwed things up so much that they didn't fix things. Um I see. <laughs> so it's been a little rough. Um I think as of this moment it has been implemented and everything has been going smoothly since then. Um, but it was a little bit of a rough weekend. Um uh, but for our troubles there are there is an arena code that is courier bat um which is a card I have never played in at all, but uh, <laughs> uh, if you type that in, you get some stuff. So uh, everyone
1: gets it. So just go, go do that. It's not just like a courier bat, like, card style, zoom style, right? Because <laughs> that's literally never going to. Yeah,
0: I think it's like two thousand gold, two thousand experience, and like three rares and some card styles. So it's a, oh, okay. Okay. it's pretty decent. Um, my yeah. rares happen to all be twenty gems, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Hey. Hey, free t- you know still, 60 gems. I'll take it. I'll take it. So, but uh but yeah, anyway, Jeff, are we ready to just jump right into this draft uh draft talk? Draft talk. <laughs> I know I am. All right. Um Jeff, the first question I have for you is what is this? The Hurt Locker? Why are there so many bombs everywhere? I'm confused. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, this is a really, really balmy format.
0: Like I mean When was the last time we said that the format was really balmy? Like time.
1: Yeah, maybe callheim. This I think the rares are stronger in this than they were in call time. Yeah. Some of these rares just feel unbeatable.
0: Really just there are a lot of rares that are just like, oh I can't I can't. <laughs> I can't do anything. I talked about this last episode, so I'm not going to go into some of the the uh, <laughs> horror stories I've had. Um, and, uh, it, you know, it, having a really balmy set can make people really frustrated, mm-hmm. which for me, it doesn't frustrate me that much because I'm like, eh, what, what are you going to do? You know, some people get stuff, some people get those cards, whatever. It's hard when, I don't know, we, we have a list of cards that Amy the Amazonian has been keeping track of throughout um, uh, doing drafts that she thinks is are like the list of cards that are too, uh, right. too powerful or I guess just the bomby bombs. Um, mm-hmm. And there's 21 of them, which is a lot.
1: Yeah, I remember like one of the first drafts I did. I I, op- uh, I think I got a tox rill in pack 2 or something. Mm-hmm. So then I was in red black already and I got this tox rill. So then I decided, okay, I'm gonna build like a red black control deck and just because I know I'm gonna win in the end if I can just slam this card. Mm-hmm. And that deck did really well. and I remember looking back on a I was thinking, I must have just got the best card in the format, right? It felt like nobody could ever beat this. And I'm looking through the set. I'm like, it's like fifth best somehow, even though it's like pretty much was impossible for any of my opponents to beat. Like every time I was just like, got to seven mana, slammed Row, They lost very, very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not even the best card in the set.
0: Exactly. Um, so I don't want to read all of the different bombs because it's basically just reading the rare list, but... Um yeah it's
1: uh all of the black rares pretty much seem to make the cats they're
0: nuts (laughs) that leads us to removal 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 back to the the old grind of man it's really important to have removal in this set
1: yeah and if you have like you have to be really sparing with your catch-all removal Mm -hmm. if you have something that just destroys any creature like let's say a hero's downfall Mm -hmm. Don't like slam it on a 3-3 to get in two points of damage, you know? Like.
0: Yeah, because you're you there will be the time where you need it later and you're gonna be so pissed.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and this kind of reminds me of like old school magic, because way back in the day, you used to have to save your removal because your opponent might drop like a four-four, and then you'd have no way to beat him. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of like the modern version of that. And people have forgotten that because modern like recent magic has taught you just like be efficient with your mana, use your removal spell to clear things and get the game, get the game over with Mm -hmm. because all the cards are so good that getting any kind of advantage just tends to snowball. And so using your removal aggressively has been good lately, but back in the day it was like, no, you never use a doom blade because your opponent could play like a random five, five for seven and then you're, you're out of luck. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of brings me back to that. People who didn't learn that lesson the hard way and then have to relearn it now have to like go back and learn, okay, stop stop using Hero's Downfall on a 3-3. You know?
0: Yeah. I definitely haven't learned that lesson, and I continue to have... <laughs> Trouble.
1: Well the other option is to blow your removal and then complain when your opponent plays a good creature. Oh yeah. That's so much easier. I'm just gonna do that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just be like, nah, this wizard's so stupid. Yeah. How do they make this creature?
0: Well, fucking wizards. And then I just crack another beer and then I just have a nice pity party.
1: Because you know (laughs) the next game, two two, heroes (laughs) down. Get the fuck out of here. If it's the caretaker though, it doesn't matter how many you stashed up, you're out of line. (laughs)
0: Exactly. um you can try to get rid of the other creatures and hopefully you have enough they're a, a low enough life that you can get through but
1: unless they pass the turn and flip it and then you're <laughs> yeah
0: and then you're really screwed but uh yeah it's rough
1: it's rough don't hunting. worry about that card if you lose to that card you have a free pass to complain
0: exactly um because what the fuck is that card anyway <laughs> as always i don't want not as always i don't want to get into it right now but Let's talk about some archetypes just so we can get through all of the ones, uh, all 10 of them. And uh, we decided it would just be best if we ranked these by 17 lands standards so that, um, hey, somebody else ranks them. And we can just talk about whether we think that those are good rankings or not.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So for people who don't know uh, what 17 lands is, it's this website that basically you can decide whether or not to share your data with it if you do. Then it'll get all this crazy data about like how many times you had this card in your hand and w- did you win those games? Did you lose those games? And when it aggregates over you know tens of thousands of of players and and then even more matches, it starts to churn out these you know you can get an enormous amount of statistics from it. So the ones we've just used here is uh, which color pairs are the from best to worst. I try not to use it too much at the start of a format. I like to like develop my own opinions and then. Check them a little later when there more data has built up, and be like, oh, why? Why do I think like, you know, green blue is good, and the data is suggesting that it's horrible? I have to rethink things. But I like to try and get my own takes from the first few weeks. But it's definitely useful to just know for this for for our purposes here, which decks are so far statistically the best. Yeah, for for a
0: couple of reasons. Well, one thing is that. Um, Yes, at the beginning of a format, we don't have enough data, so it is confusing. Because, like, Mm -hmm. it's not going to give you a really good picture of what's going on. It's just going to give you some statistics about players that are really good and, you know, just got 7-0, and then some players that didn't do so well. But you don't really have the same thing as you were saying if you have hundreds of thousands of games going on in matches. Um, And number two, it's really fun uh, to just make up your own opinions, right? Uh, and check them later.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's start at the top. The statistically, so far, best deck in the format. Uh, and we'll try to point out when things do or don't line up with what we've found. Uh, but this one definitely does. It suggests it suggests that black-red is the best color pair in the format. Yes. And that definitely matches with my experience as well.
0: I agree as well. Um, because removal is really important. Those are colors that have really great removal. Red, specifically, um, and uh, no, I know that's to be fair. Black has really good, just like kill all. Black has all. the
1: minus thirteen, minus thirteen exile, which might be one of like the be- if not the best common. It's probably the second best one. It's yeah, just very bleed, good.
0: bleed dry is very good, but I think so. This is like the blood archetype, and so a lot of the cards care about blood and doing things with that. Um, Jeff, do you think they're do you think that's strong? Do you think it the archetype is blood, or is it just good creatures with removal?
1: Um, so I think it's both. I think blood is really strong. It's actually a deceptively powerful limited mechanic to the point where I don't actually know that you need any of the blood pay- payoffs, really. Like any of the cards that don't actually make blood themselves but pay you off for having it, I kind of think of those as just gravy. You really just want good, solid creatures and removal, and then things that actually make blood i thought about this like recently when I, when we were playing actually if you have a blood token out one way to think about that is that every card in your deck now has cycling one. Oh, okay and so when you put it into those terms you're like oh yeah that's actually just pretty good like cycling is already a really good limited mechanic
0: yeah and putting and you like would play cycling cards even without cycling payoffs just because cycling is good to have so exactly yeah. i like that a lot actually every single card has cycling one oof that seems that makes it seem really strong
1: <laughs> right now you only get to use it once so like everything loses cycling once you cycle the first thing but it's still that's true it is you get to cycle whatever your worst card is okay
0: all right i think that's the best the that's the best way i've heard uh, anyone explain it um but yeah so Uh, it's also really aggressive, which is nice. I always like being aggressive in, uh, Mm -hmm. in, uh,
1: although, like I said, I I just played black red control, which was all removal and toxrill, and that (laughs) also cleaned up pretty well. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, that's true. When
1: when you get some of these black bombs, that's a reasonable deck avenue to take. Mm -hmm. It's just take all the removal and rely on my bombs to win me the late
0: game. Yeah. Though I was lucky enough to, uh, someone played a, um, blood vile purveyor against me. And the next mm-hmm. turn, I just got to put Sigarda's uh, pacifism or whatever on it. Ooh, and so nice. it just sat so there. Blood and every time I played a spell, I got a blood token. I was like, oh, this is kind of nice. <laughs> I like it just staying
1: around. Your opponent's sitting there like, hey, you want to you wanna exile and this? Like, yeah, you, you can, you can you, pay five to exile You can this. get rid of it. I
0: was like, I only get one blood token that way. I'd rather just keep getting <laughs> a bunch of other ones. Uh, so that was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, for the most part, like, hey good and, card quality
1: and for me that's almost actually a theme of this set that's another reason you know I, I said it feels kind of like old school limited where the themes are less important than they have been in recent sets mm-hmm. like recently in midnight hunt or in uh, well any of the last few sets actually it's all been about the best decks are the ones that are on theme and execute their like color pairs theme really well yeah. And in this format, I'm like, I just take good cards in the two colors with very minor synergy, kind of like how limited used to be like five to 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And that's been working almost better sometimes. Like if you try to hit certain themes too hard, you're making too many power, like individual card quality sacrifices. Yeah,
0: Which we'll get to uh, later when we start going down the list. Um, But the next one uh, on our list of 17 lands, uh, ranked color pairs I'm really... Oh, I love to see this. I'm so happy to see this. It is green, red, werewolves. They are finally good. And it's mainly because the werewolves are just better. Like, their stats are (laughs) better. They're better cards. And that's...
1: Because it's not the werewolf set anymore. So, obviously, the werewolves are better now.
0: Yeah, of course, we're going to have Averbrook, Caretaker, in this set. Not the last set. And it's going to be known as, like, the bombiest card. You know? (laughs) It's just like... Yeah. What is this about? (laughs) Um... But I think the other thing is that, uh, obviously, the removal is slower, and there's more conditions on it, and they don't have specific ones that
1: are like, fuck you, it's nighttime, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like So, really efficient removal is really punishing for the werewolf mechanic, because oftentimes you want to just pass, which puts you behind on tempo, but flips all your cards, and then... The ostensible bonus you're supposed to be getting from this is that your creatures are now better than theirs. But in the previous set, I was like, okay, kill your creature for two mana.
0: Yeah. Like, play thanks a for thing. making
1: it at night and making my fucking removal spell off. Awesome. I like, turn on. Like, yeah.
0: Like, I couldn't play this before. Now I can play it <laughs> and make it
1: day again. Yeah. It was just a double whammy because mm. it was like, you, you made my removal efficient, which is what your de- deck is already weak to. Yeah. Is really efficient removal. So uh rough but um so yeah the removals not quite as efficient in this set and like you said there's less just like fuck you for making it night
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly um but also there's some interesting stuff there's like uh there's a lot of these cool werewolves where um i think they just like do better stuff like the uh the spells matter werewolf is better but it's good in the green deck because all your removal oh it's so much better than the previous one like that's really strong um and then uh like we said last episode we're talking about the gold card child of the pack is really strong um and just like all these like that one's actually a blocker i feel like we didn't have a lot of good werewolf
1: blockers in the last set um yeah we'll get to it a bit later in you know underrated overrated stuff but uh the 4-4 the green 4-4 yeah that's just like a rock solid werewolf you know this is that could have the last set could have (laughs) used But it's kind of interesting because the reason is that the werewolves are just better, that some of them, like, they're also going to be more contested. So even if you're the only werewolf drafter, like, anyone who's drafting green wants Infestation Expert because that card is just phenomenal. Exactly, yeah. So it's like, you're not necessarily going to get all the werewolves because the werewolves are good.
0: Yeah, that's really true. And also, I haven't played werewolves myself, Um, Mm -hmm. and I've played against some decks. But for the most part, it really just feels like a red-green good creature deck
1: yeah i was gonna say i don't know if this lines up with my experience the placement of this deck because i don't think i've actually played against red green yeah but i've played a lot of the werewolves like the ballista guy too oh god is a really good red card that's a fucking great i've just card. played against And with a lot of these werewolves, so I assumed, well, I think werewolves are actually good in this set. I don't know if the archetype was good, but I knew the cards were. I don't know
0: if it's specifically, like in the last one, right, like blood is part of that, but it's not the deck. Like you're not, oh, I need blood or the deck doesn't work. This is the same thing with this, where it's like there aren't really, there's like one card that cares about turning it or turns it to night and like wheels your hand or whatever. Um, one of the two cards in the set that wheel your hand for whatever reason. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I know why there are two. I I don't know. Um, Because I see that rare every draft. Like, come on, this one again? Great. (laughs) Um, But uh, but anyway, it's just like, in the last set we had the gold card that was like, oh, it's really important to turn into knight, and then a creature gets stronger and you can draw cards or whatever. Um, And this one's like, no, you know, these are just good cards and... You, you pay more this one has flash or hey yeah. there's this card lets you play creatures from your hand and if it's a werewolf it untaps the creature and keep doing that um so i think it's this set has some better pieces to uh to, to play cards even on your
1: opponent's turn than the last one so um totally happy with that All Right up next and this one uh definitely lines up with my experience in that i've gotten thrashed by this deck quite a few times where it's just like what just happened isn't it like turn four why am i dead uh and that's boros aggro so red white coming in at number three here yeah
0: this was not on my radar at all like zero i liked red decks i liked white decks um i really it seems
1: like the first thing you'd try
0: yeah um (laughs) For whatever reason, it wasn't. I was doing some other stuff and playing a lot more like black-red or, or trying to do white-black and um, a couple different things. And a friend of mine recently reached out and was talking to me. And she's playing Arena for the f- first time. or well, she's playing Arena for the first time, but getting back into Magic. And she was just telling me, like, I'm telling you, white-red aggro is where it's at. That's the best deck. It's so strong. I was like, meh, I don't know. And then I, last <laughs> night, drafted, like, a 7-2 deck and very easily just steamrolled everybody. Um, and the, the losses were well, like... Except two of them. Well, the, But the losses were like, yes, that was an unbeatable... I, I, I can't beat right. that card. But everything yeah, else yeah. was like, no, you don't have time to do anything. Um, and I think it's kind of low on people's radar, strangely enough. Like there's a mm. lot of these good... Like the, uh, the gold, uh, red, white card, the vampire, the 1-3 for 4 with uh, flying in haste that gives
1: oh, two creatures
0: yeah. plus one plus zero. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Bomb. That guard's awesome. And in that deck, you're just like all these... Markov r- Waltzer. And he just comes out and just like slams people. And no, nobody's like drafting this for some reason. So I'm like, all right. Um, yeah, I- I'm pretty high on this now. And uh, I would uh, expect to see more of it as people start to catch on. This might be the, for me felt like why well, I'm not seeing it enough.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I was saying, for me I just you know, I'd play a game, my opponent plays some random dorky one drop, know, I'm kinda of laughing. Oh, okay, we got this one. And then next thing you know, I'm dead. Like, oh, they curved out, whatever, you know. That'll happen sometimes and then a few games later, same thing happens, same dorky one drop and Maybe then I'm just starting to think maybe they're onto something. And then you know the third game where I played red. There's one draft for some reason I think all my losses I went <laughs> really? like five and three or six and three, but all three were to red white. So then I was like, all right, we're gonna have to try this red white thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I should maybe these dorky one drops aren't as dorky as I'm thinking they
0: are. Usually I'm drinking a lot of beer, so I need to write down what my matches were so that I remember.
1: I remember my losses a lot of the time, but. Uh, Usually my wins, like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's true. Because a lot of the time your win is, is, like, oh, they didn't really hit their third or fourth land drop. Yeah. Or, you know, or,
0: oh, they didn't count the damage, and obviously I could swing out and kill them the next turn. Stuff like that. Anyway.
1: I guess that's a better way to say it. I don't remember any of the games that were won or lost due to, like, mana screw and stuff. Yeah. Like, none of that. You're like, man, why?
0: It's not worth space in my brain. I have to be thinking about the next color combination, which is uh, white blue spirits auras is kind of it's really like white blue flyers with pump stuff.
1: Yeah, this is one of the places I was a bit surprised because I haven't found this deck to be that good. Um, I know the values built in. Maybe I'm just like comparing it to last sets where it was like
0: almost probably the best or close to the best.
1: It was the best if it came together, but didn't quite come together as often as blue-black, so it's, like, debatable which one was better, but um, I had white-blue as the best deck, Uh, and so now I'm just, like, I guess I had it as just okay, and I guess it's fourth out of ten, so that's slightly better than okay, or that's okay. Yeah. Maybe it is right, but um, I don't know. It's just been... It feels anemic if you don't have, like, that that one uncommon. The white-blue uncommon is really good. Yeah. But a lot of the other stuff seems pretty medium. Yeah, Brian
0: Comer's good. But the other ones, like, I like all the creatures that die into enchantments. Uh, except for Bernice. Bernice is probably my least favorite. Um, that's mm-hmm. the grandma lady, but...
1: I think she's, like, one of the best ones. Really? Cause I think
0: she's good, and His
1: I... His just helps so much. I know,
0: but I don't... The thing that kills me more when I'm playing against it... Is like, if I kill that double striker, that flyer is going to be a huge problem. You know? It's like, okay, so I can't block the double striker. I can't block the flyer. How am I going to get through this now? And then like, okay, they have a 2-2. But if I block the 2-2 or I kill it when I attack, they're going to put it on their flyer. And now that's going to be like a four power flyer that might get double strikes sometime. It just becomes like, I think these aren't good. But then every time I play against them, I'm like, oh, this is a really frustrating game where I can't actually attack into you as easily as I want because it just could make you hit so much harder.
1: You need to play more Flame blessed Bolts, my man. <laughs> well, no, because,
0: like, the flyer I'm usually thinking about is the 2-3 for 4 that can mm-hmm. gain lifelink.
1: Oh, well, that, that card's just pretty good, I think.
0: Yeah, well, that's, really, that's a really good target to put these things on. Now, to be fair, mm-hmm. I am naming only white cards, so you can play this form of the deck in red-white, but... Um... <laughs>
1: yeah. You could play Flame, Bet Blessed Bolt yourself. That's true. If you do that one.
0: Um, but maybe other people are soaking up all that stuff, and you're going to play some blue stuff instead. Um, I definitely don't think blue is great as a color.
1: So I will say for this deck that uh, I, I thought Lantern Bearer was going to be pretty good coming into the format, and I think it's been really good. in my like Just playing against it, that's the one one that dies, and then it gives something plus one, plus one, and flying or whatever. The key with that is that it gives it plus one, plus one i know it's like why does it also give it stats <laughs>
0: because the other ones don't right double strike doesn't lifelink doesn't the other one just strictly gives stats um so this one like i don't know what the other ones are off the top of my head um but it really seems like the plus one plus one becomes huge and i don't know if that's just because i'm playing the standard deck that needs power and i'm not using this card uh-huh. um but like when i'm looking at stuff i'm like dang it this is why is this so great
1: yeah, I think that lantern Bear card is just legitimately good.
0: Yeah. For sure. Um especially cuz it makes the white blue flyers deck seem different since you can put you can make you can take like the crab thing or like other random shit that's like, "Oh, this will be a flyer later," you know.
1: But I even played it in blue red uh and it was f- like, actually still good there, because was just a 1-1 one, one that gets in for damage, and then later it's a... Uh, because all the spells stuff triggers off non-creature. Yeah. So the enchantment triggers it on the second way down, too, so it gives you, like, a, a blend between creature and... And I guess a lot of the... Um, any of the blue cards that are enchantments on the backside also do this, but having a one-drop early that does it later is, is yeah. very good. Uh,
0: I actually want to move into that deck now, because that's the next one, is the... Um blue red spellslinger deck but i have been really liking it because um you have two different creatures that ping now the the werewolf is better than the the one three um because obviously it, it flips into different stuff but i had one draft where i had uh two of the werewolf and then one of the one threes and i also had the mirror hall mimic and it is a weird situation where you have i was trying to uh copy one of my werewolves but you have to try to copy it when it's on the back side because the mirror hall won't flip because there's no side to flip to oh
1: cool yeah i didn't think of a clone in a werewolf
0: set. so you That's have to clone the back side and then it will never turn into the front side it will always it, just doesn't it doesn't have a front side, side. Yeah. And so it just stays the the like
1: it'll have nightbound though weirdly enough but, but it, it can't
0: do, it will never it will check to flip and it will There's never nothing flip. for it to transform exactly to. Yeah. and same when that mirror hall mimic dies when you uh use its like uh enchantment thing to start copying something copying that werewolf on that side so every upkeep you get another two two and another two two another two two or sorry another it's a four four that deals two damage so that's why i'm thinking in twos um right yeah but you get another one and another one and they never flip back <laughs> it's just like <laughs> that's <great. laughs> it's pretty sweet um so i was having a lot of fun with that kind of shenanigans obviously that's a rare so it's not gonna happen every time
1: oh that's the dream there yeah but the
0: fact that all of the spell slinger stuff is non-creature is just mm-hmm. that just really makes it
1: so much better
0: than the instance and sorceries thing
1: and i like the one three two i mean I've seen some people, like, posting decks where they had five or six of them as, like, pretty much their only creatures. I'm like, well, that's a little more all-in than I was hoping to go, but yeah, <laughs> I, like, I like the cut of your gym. <laughs> I think it's
0: it's all right, but, um, but usually if it's, like, the creature that they play on me, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm fine.
1: <laughs> well, the thing is, the 1-3 just, you know, when your opponent's on the throng song plan, you just laugh at
0: them. Yeah, well, that's know. a terrible plan. We already know this. It's a horde. Throngs are horrible. <laughs> we all, we've all agreed this, haven't we? We've, yeah. It, it doesn't matter. Um, Jeff, have you played the white black life gain deck? Yeah.
1: Let's let me take the next one. It has a few spots to uh, to climb here mm-hmm. for it for makes my prediction true. Yeah. Uh, I was just hoping this one came in in the top half, so I didn't look like a total idiot. And of course, it came in sixth. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, white, black, life gain. Um, I think this is kind of a more uncommon driven thing. Like there are a few cards that are pretty good, but like we're kind of talking about the synergy doesn't matter as much as maybe we thought it was going to. Yeah. And so this just ends up being white, black, good stuff most of the time. And the black cards are really good, but I think white is, I have white like exactly middle, you know, like the, th- the third best color.
0: Okay, yeah, 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 Yeah. for sure.
1: And then black and red are the best two, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, I think red's probably number one, but, you know, it's a little early. And
0: then green is four, and blue is the worst.
1: Yeah, or the other way around. I don't know, I haven't actually played enough, but uh, um, that would be my... I think if I had to rank them right now, that's what I would do. Mm -hmm. And so that puts white, black as being pretty medium. It's like the second and third best color, and there's not a lot of synergy coming from this color pair. And so... uh, you're just kind of playing... Like, it's still going to be pretty good, but um, just just okay. Yeah. I
0: haven't... I, I played it, uh, I think, in the pre-release. I was playing white-black, but it wasn't the life-gain version. It was just white-black cards. Mm-hmm. So I did draft once, and I was hoping to do the life-gain thing because I had a Markov uh, Purifier early, and then I ended up getting a second one. So I was like, oh, this has got to be great. I'm going to have a really good time. Um, and then I was struggling through the games like i would have the purifier and i just wouldn't be able to gain life without trading a creature or losing a creature chumping like just chump attacking into something because it was all like oh this triggers on your end step so everything that you gain life with tends to have lifelink but then i'm gonna lose a creature to just draw a random card off the top of my deck and i have to use two mana to do it Or I have, like, the Heron, and the only way it gets a lifelink is by paying two mana, so I have to spend the whole turn to attack for two, gain three life, and then draw a card. And it was just never doing it, like...
1: Yeah, which is why you need one of the ways to, like, that gains you life, either consistently or without getting into combat. mm -hmm. But the problem is, in draft that I have with it, is that uh, those cards are just good, and so everyone wants them. Like, anyone who's playing white wants the one drop that does that which we'll get to you know that's yeah. another card we'll talk about later um or like the two three death touch that exiles something and drains them for two is just a good card so anyone playing black wants that too and so you end up with these black white piles of stuff with minimal ways to gain life outside of lifelinkers exactly like it's a lot of the uh
0: desperate farmers or whatever that card's called um yeah right and uh those kinds of things and it's um just not getting it you know I've just yeah so I'm yeah I, I'm kind of off it
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think usually if you end up in black white it's just going to be like you got some of the good white creatures and some of the good black removal and you're happy enough with that exactly in your deck and
0: hopefully you're gaining life because gaining life is good but your game plan should not be your deck doesn't work unless
1: you gain life that's not a good plan in this set exactly you know we're talking about courier bat earlier which you should just expect it to be a wind drake and if it does more than that then you're happy
0: exactly um don't expect a ton unless you feel like trading like you know attacking in with a lifelinker trading off and then getting the lifelinker from the graveyard again that's probably a really good situation for you otherwise
1: right yeah that's a nice little thing that can happen but yeah if it's turn 3 and you have no other play you just roll out your wind drake you know you don't, yeah, exactly. You don't hold back for your life gains cuz like days.
0: that'll be better um so this one i have some i have a story to tell about this one i'm i'm very excited to talk about this one okay so <laughs> this is the uh the black green Nicki Minaj deck i mean uh, the big butts deck <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um
1: black green uh, anaconda <laughs> tribal
0: exactly um i named my draft deck super base uh because uh that's how i felt um <clears throat> mm-hmm. and to be fair up front i didn't do very well okay i went like three and three so it wasn't like okay, a okay. great deck but mm-hmm. when i set out to build this in draft it was like pack one pick one the catapult fodder i was like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna try I'm gonna go for it I'm gonna make this deck. So my deck was basically like uh, two blood fountains two mulch two catapult fodder uh, five of the one (laughs) thirteens and then like oh my god (laughs) and then I I had two Edgar's awakenings and a flourishing hunter. So basically the game plan was like. Turn one, Blood Fountain. Turn two, Mulch, whatever, into lands to play one of my 113s. And the whole time they're attacking me. And I'm like, okay, as long as I don't die by turn six, when, oh, sorry, I also, uh, I had uh, uh, like two or three of the enchantment that says like, Enchant a Land, it taps for two mana, or a creature gets plus two, plus two. So it would be like, turn two, Mulch, turn three, Ramp. (laughs) with that card, into my tapped 113. And as I'm down to like 8 or 6 or whatever they've dealt damage to me, I hopefully get to play Flourishing Hunter either from my hand or from my graveyard, gain 13 life, and then maybe trade it off with something, bring it back from the graveyard again, gain 13 more life, and then stabilize with a bunch of 113s. (laughs) 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 And then I just started flinging. So I, I got to beat people just by, you know fling at their instep, untap, fling again, and it was just like, dead. Right. D- dead. Right. I'd take 26. Take 26. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that was the entire deck, and it couldn't do anything else. It had nothing else it could possibly do besides win that specific way, and it was <laughs> glorious. It was, I just loved it.
1: That sounds great. I don't know. Um, yeah, like, my one experience with this deck is I played against it. Uh, I think I stalled on mana. Like, I missed my mm. third or fourth land drop or something, and my opponent had the One thirteen into the thing that makes it deal power equal to its toughness, and I conceded. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and I was like, "Oh, I'm taking thirteen. Yeah, okay, I'll just concede." I will not. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I I missed a land drop past the turn, and you attacked me for thirteen out of nowhere. So I'll just I'll just just scoop it up up on this one. um, Yeah, but. Yeah, yeah i can't imagine that this deck is good no. this seems even higher than where i would have guessed it was <laughs> but i guess black is just strong enough maybe that uh like this just ends up being you know
0: i think what what it ninth. is is that it feels really terrible but it is if they have a bunch of the one It really hinges on the 113 like that card is really important to okay. the deck and once there's two of those out it's really hard to attack in if you don't have flyers So flyers become extremely important against this deck. And then once it gets its thing, like once it draws the card to kill you, you're dead.
1: Well, I also wonder how much of this deck's win rate is coming from decks that were just good black cards and then some of the good green cards, like the 4-4s. Oh,
0: yeah, I'm sure that it's a lot of that too. Um, I I don't think it's all like... Because the catapult fodder will just wheel. Like, that's the reason I could try to get... I was like, let's go for it.
1: Yeah, like maybe if you've... If you have a great version of this deck, too, then it is it would be hard to beat. Where you just kill flyers, block anything on the ground, and then you have late game inevitability. And also, black and green have some of the best uh, rares in this set. Exactly. So I was wondering if that might be holding it up a bit as well. That, that makes sense like as well. The old play play 13 toughness things to stall the game out until you drop your unbeatable rares, not the worst strategy yeah. in the world either. So. Hey, putting
0: two plus one plus one counters on a 113 seems pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah i don't have really any experience with this deck but i imagine like everything else so far it's not super like if you do the big butts thing that's awesome and, and i want to try to do that if i can but also you could probably just be fine with playing good black and green cards i
0: though. say the opposite play the Nicki minaj <laughs> deck and love it because it's so fun yeah. put on do yourself so you're a favor. saying
1: you you're saying it's all about the base no no that's
0: no no no, no, that's the wrong person get that fucking shit out of here we're not talking about megan trainer i'm talking about Nicki minaj i'm talking about an artist here not this fucking megan trainer shit
1: (laughs) i didn't mean to (laughs) you you. offended me
0: deeply this is what you do you sit down put on pink print and and draft that deck and play it and then you're gonna have an amazing experience
1: well can i put on Pink print after I already know I'm in that deck at least, or do I have to like go in blind? No, before? no, no, no.
0: It's like you have it queued up, and as soon as you pick like pack one, pick one, the gold card, the <laughs> the black green one
1: or whatever, you're <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. all right, here
0: we go, and then every card's like,
1: what's your toughness? What's your toughness? And uh. <laughs> and then every every pick after that is based on which creature has the highest toughness. Exactly. No,
0: that's it. Uh, and you know, some blood fountain and stuff. Those are helpful and. Um, <laughs>
1: Maybe uh, you know, bleed dryer too. Yeah, you
0: know, you just it's just you know, it's good. It's good to have a couple bleed dries. <laughs> Why not? Um all right, let's keep it rolling. Uh with some trash.
1: Let's late late Yeah, yeah, we're we're in garbage tier now. All right, it's garbage uh, time right here. Uh, and so your opponent's uh, up. Yeah, I'll take the next one. <laughs> your opponent in football's
0: up by like 25 points and <laughs> and they have the ball again. <laughs> these are the bench
1: players coming out on the field. Yeah,
0: okay? Just garbage time. They're just like running out the clock. They're like waiting until the
1: <laughs> the snap count. Ron doesn't moving. even have his shoes on anymore. Yeah.
0: <laughs> They're like talking to the coach. They're like chatting up with the refs. They get the ball, they move around for a second and then kneel, you know. <laughs> it's, yeah.
1: <laughs> all right so uh you know heading headliner of garbage time mm-hmm. here is blue black Yuck. You know, their, their theme is exploit i talked about this a little bit last week how i saw a ton of people playing blue black and i i thrashed it every time and so this lines up exactly with what i was thinking that blue black is was a overdrafted because it was the you know arguably the best deck last format mm-hmm. but also is not good in this format. it is so this, trash it's a yeah. trash. Like, oh,
0: these these ones at the bottom, I just kind of feel like,
1: yeah, they're all the same. And I'm sure there will be other content creators telling you Blue Black is good or misunderstood or something. Because Blue Black just tends to be an archetype that good players will do better with than poor players. It's almost always true. Mm-hmm. And so it's like LSV might tell you that Blue Black is great, but that's actually just he's great uh and he likes blue black so he'll draft it and he'll win a lot because he's lsv but yeah hey, exactly don't let him fool you yeah
0: so um the thing we were talking about earlier is that hey these uh kind of synergy decks aren't doing super well exploit is like the whole thing you're trying to do is like sack your own creatures to get benefits and like your opponent's like mm-hmm. i don't know attack you with four creatures and fuck you like they're
1: yeah you're just like
0: sacking your blockers to get incremental value that's not doing anything it's just not great
1: i played a game earlier today where i was red black and my opponent had um the one mana skeleton
0: okay yeah sure
1: into the blue black gold card that whenever you exploit Mm -hmm. something you make a zombie into the three two that exploits to scry and draw a card exploit the skeleton make a zombie Mm -hmm. into the scorpion to exploit something else to make another zombie draw two cards i won so easily yeah, I still won that game really easily, and I decided not to flame-blessed bolt their 2-2 that makes zombies when they exploit, because I was like, this will come, like, I'll just be able... I don't care. I don't care that you're making 2-2 zombies yeah. when you sack a different creature. Like, you replace you, the creature, you're sacrificing.
0: You, yeah, you sacrifice a real creature, usually. Like... <laughs>
1: It's usually oh, it has to be yeah. Other than that one one skeleton, which I thought about throwing the bolt at and didn't, and I was like, I should have bolted. It's exile, that thing, I yeah.
0: Did. That would have been good, but um, but yeah, it's just it's not great. Um, I haven't been happy with it. I tried it a couple of times and I was like really upset. Actually, no, it was. I tried it once. I hated it. And I every time I play yeah. against it, I'm like whatever. So
1: yeah, I, I I'm just not high on exploit. I don't know if you have the time to do it. Nor is it, like, worth it when your opponent... Like, I feel like generating a blood token is pretty close to... Making a 2-2? S- some of the advantages that these exploit cards are making. Yeah. But I just get it for free on cards that are already That free. are good, yeah. I don't have to get rid of a
0: creature. It's, uh... Yeah, um, we were... Two weeks ago, I think we were talking about how we were excited for exploit. And I am just, like,
1: so not happy. Yeah, you I'm, know. I'm, 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 I'm off it until it, like, comes back up a bit. Now, I do like the blue guy that um that draws you a card like puts no the guy that puts something on top or bottom of your oh that's annoying when he yeah. exploits. i think that guy's pretty good that one's annoying uh, so there are a few exploit cards that are decent i'm still i still like the scorpion you know like make a three two death touch and draw two cards is is solid yeah but we're talking about uncommons here you know so. yeah and you can play
0: that in your vampire deck so Get rid of one yeah, of I'd your just, one I'd ones. I still play the
1: scorpion in any black deck. Yeah, whatever. because
0: like you, you play that against your like epicure of, of whatever, and you're like sick. I get rid of my stupid one one that doesn't do anything anymore, and uh, mm-hmm. draw some cards. That's it's.
1: And I'd play top of library guy in any blue deck probably. So. Yeah, exactly.
0: So it's just, it, it, play a blue black deck. Don't think of it as an exploit deck. You know that that gold card really mm-hmm. fucks you. I think that there's a couple gold cards that are like hey uh kill yourself kind of <laughs>
1: like you're going to go all in on you're this. gonna ruin trust your draft me. trust, <laughs> yeah, trust me. me
0: you're gonna ruin your draft it's gonna be great
1: he's like the player that bets against his own team
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh um so these last ones uh, we have white green training um which has been uh just so teeny tiny Is what it feels like
1: yeah the training never really works does it because you can't attack (laughs) a lot of the time you have to like chump attack to get the training to even happen yeah
0: which means that like the best training creature is the one and a white for the one two that when they die they put their counters on something because you can use the counters for something you know like that's the best one i'm like sick i'm gonna chump attack they block here i put the counters on the flyer and then i'm like sick now i have something to do Uh, i still think that card sucks sucks. (laughs) i don't know like of the training cards i'm like at least this does i think the good
1: one is the flyer because it's just it's just like a 2-2 flyer that happens to have training it's like all right if i get a counter on this i'm happy yeah i don't i'm still okay Okay,
0: yeah for sure sorry i meant as far as like when you're chump attacking because it sucks to chump attack oh yeah yeah it's like this is the one i wish i had if i'm going to a chump attack all the other ones are like i spent way too much mana playing this thing and it's so small and like it doesn't get bigger unless it attacks, and I am at the point in the game where I, I just I'm not getting I can't do anything.
1: <laughs> I was surprised to see Green White second bottom, but it has been underwhelming for sure. Yeah, I didn't know like I hadn't moved all the way this down on it yet, uh, I, but I guess it's time to just think of Green White as like a terrible yeah, deck. Yeah,
0: I because like the gold card is really good though. <laughs>
1: yeah i know (laughs) but it's like and i just like and we talked last week about how green white is always just at least okay exactly and then
0: like somehow it's just not in this one it's i think it's just the straight attacking thing is the maybe attacking to get counters with the the mentor
1: and the training thing just doesn't it's not great some of the cards just feel a bit uh, like they could have been pushed harder you know
0: yeah it really does put uh strength in your like two mana three ones though it's like if you have the two mana three ones become really important, I think because you will easily have a high power with all your training shit uh, and
1: be able to train mm-hmm. onto them. Uh, but yeah, I'm. But then you just get blocked by throngs all day, and you know. I don't get blocked by throngs anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh gosh. Anyway, uh, let's just finish the last one. Our our classic. This
1: one. This makes me so. This happy. is our
0: classic. Uh, even if. <laughs> it was higher up on the list, I would have put it where it is right now.
1: Yeah, yeah it's always at the bottom. could be the it. number one deck according to win rates. Yeah, and I'd put it last. We put it
0: last because <laughs> fuck
1: this color combination. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, you know, we're talking about green, blue. Uh, and what's their theme, Zach? I don't
0: know. I don't fucking know. Do you know?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I actually can't really figure out. There's it. nothing.
0: It, like, like it, 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 they don't do anything. Is, is this the classic, like, like, oh, good
1: things, I guess?
0: Let's see what their gold
1: card It's like self mill, I guess. Maybe cuz that's what the uncommon does, but then it's just like there's no real reason to self mill. Yeah, apparently. it's like so,
0: especially know. in those colors, right? Oh, maybe you'll get a uh, blue. You can put an aura on your creature, your opponent's creature that gives a -2/-0 minus minus or something. Is that the... You could,
1: you could put an aura on one of your... You could put the, the lantern bearer on a creature so that it can train your other creature that has... Oh, treatment. for sure,
0: yeah. And then, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I did okay with green-blue once because I was just forced into it because they were both wide open, and so that was just rock-hard quality. Um, mm mm-hmm. But I've re- even during that, I was like, I just lost to some decks because I was green-blue. Yeah. And I was like, my cards are so high-quality. Like, everything's an uncommon, and I'm still losing because yeah. it's just it green-blue. So um,
0: anyway, uh, those are the, the, uh, the list that 17 lands has. Uh, take this information as you will um, because, hey, people are going to be looking at this and um, kind of drafting depending on what they think is the best ones. Um, it will benefit you if you realize that maybe this information is skewed a little bit, and you can, you know, maybe your white-black deck is going to be much stronger because people aren't on those colors. Er, yes, on those please things. go
1: out and draft white-black <laughs> and win a lot with it. Let's get this this yeah. thing moving up this ladder. You want to take a shot? Is it? <laughs> I want to at least be right that the deck was good.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, um, right now I think it's just going to go down. <laughs> just kidding no it's probably <laughs> gonna stay at the same place and just be kind of there. that's just
1: because i'm gonna draft it a lot to try to fix this weird. sure 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 i mean like so gonna, whatever um so then it's gonna tank anyway
0: jeff it's been a long
1: chunk so let's go to a beer break let's do it this beer break is brought to you by our patrons over at patreon that's right it's the best way to support this show since well no company wants to sponsor us but luckily our listeners do and when you become
0: a patron, you get an exclusive invite to our after party, which is a mini episode recording immediately after this one where we ramble about just well, other things that are not magic related.
1: Plus, you get to vote on which one of us you like more by buying me a beer.
0: Or buying me a beer. So go to patreon.com slash arena regulars to vote for your favorite host right now or today or sometime today at, at, at some point. Please. Okay.
1: Ready for some midnight magic.
0: And this. You know, uh, that would
1: make a good YouTube series. Just whenever we're drinking and playing at night, just record it, call it midnight magic, and throw it on YouTube. I think
0: that sounds great. Let's, uh, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, That's (laughs) what we're going to do. Or at least if we ever do that, we're going to call it that.
1: Yeah, I love committing to that too, because now I actually have to figure out how video uh, editing (laughs) software
0: works. works uh sweet so i'm this uh viaduct that's how you say it right
1: viaduct ipa i think so i'm excited and that's for this based one. purely on that's how i said it so
0: i like that i'm i'm all for that um all right jeff let's jump back into some magic uh stuff
1: yeah so one thing i thought it was cool it, it actually the idea came to me earlier today where just i was drafting and they're just especially early in a format there are so many cards that are going outrageously late like we're talking like 10th pick plus that I think should be in the first five picks you know or the other way around where like somebody's playing a card in their deck that I think should be something you pick in the last five picks Mm -hmm. now that doesn't mean that I'm right but it's always just fun to like talk about that kind of stuff oh absolutely
0: and it's great because um I think we may have some Differing opinions? Possibly. No, for the most part, we we tend to agree, but um but you're you're right. It's it's fun to see, especially now, because we're capturing this moment and draft will change drastically after people listen to this episode and learn all about drafting.
1: <laughs> exactly. But you'll have a day or two where you can clean up.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um all right, Jeff, so um we're kinda of going in Woberg order of just like some cards we think uh, in these different colors that we think are going uh maybe a little too late you should pick them up a little bit earlier because they're really good
1: yeah so we just picked like a couple from each color here and so let's start with white uh this card i think is actually just good and nobody seems to be taking them at least in my drafts and that's traveling minister so that's the one mana one one that taps to give a gain a life and give a creature plus one plus O oh until end of turn I can only activate it as a sorcery. That's the only downside. Um, yeah. Otherwise, it'd be busted.
0: Yeah. Um, so this one is one that I also want to hear your reasoning behind, because I am a person who doesn't take this card. So, Jeff.
1: Yes, as was I, but mm-hmm. this was one of the dorky one drops I referred to earlier in the old Boros deck. Um, this thing gets in for so much damage, and then the one life actually ends up mattering, I think it just ends up being good enough in every white deck, because in, like, white-blue, you pump, you're pump you pumping a flyer, and it makes it very hard to race. In white-red, you're just pumping up something so that it can attack. Like, if I pump up a dorky 1-1, one, one, you still don't want to trade your 2-2 for that. Mm-hmm. Like That's really annoying. Um, and then in white-black, you obviously want this because it gains life on its own. Like, you don't even have to use this plus-one, plus-0. You just... use it to gain life yeah
0: like we were saying before it's a way to gain life without actually doing any combat which is
1: great and then in white green it, it can help you turn on training when you wouldn't have ordinarily actually had the ability to do that so it just ends up being like good enough in every color pair and i see it occasionally but i see it go really late and for me it's just kind of slowly climbing up my pick orders of every white deck i play i think i just want like a couple of these in every white deck
0: yeah um i like this it also has again a fun interaction with the um the heron of hope which a friend had pointed out to me where if you put it on the heron of hope you gain the life immediately and then you attack with it and gain more uh it's just kind of a nice well, so little you gain
1: like six life yeah or through this
0: through that swing it's like an eight point life swing or something the way that you're hitting with that
1: uh so you, you gain two from this this and then you attack then, for three life one so you gain six yeah.
0: yeah um so anyway
1: it's uh it's quite uh quite the card and if if I'm advocating for this card, you know there must be something there because this is not the type of card I would pretty much ever play in this
0: yeah level. i Jeff hates one drops so <laughs> sorry one drop that's right and
1: i'm recommending multiple one drops in this little segment yeah
0: so i don't know if i agree with your second one either this is so interesting because um there are it is funny looking at these white cards and i'm talking about how much i like white but then i there's so many of the the comments i don't like um but nurturing presence is is the card yeah so it's uh so
1: okay so this one i have a specific thing for you can go ahead and read the card and then i will have to explain myself because this card reads extremely poorly yeah
0: so it's the one in a white for the aura that uh, when it enters the battlefield it uh, creates a one one uh flying spirit but also the creature that is enchanted with it uh gets plus one plus one for each creature that entered the battlefield this turn
1: yeah so this was one of those cards that Just seemed to do enough for my opponents. Like, it just swung the race enough to put this on, like, a flyer and then have a chump blocker back. And that happened to me a couple of times in a row. So I was like, "Ah, I feel like I'm just kind of getting unlucky, but why are my opponents playing this card or whatever? Because this is one of the ones that I immediately write off. Like, you know, because early in a format, you have to just get rid of some cards from your consideration because you don't have time to consider all 15 cards. And so you use prior experience to do that. And this was one of the cards I was completely overlooking. So I did actually decide to saunter on over to 17 lands. And apparently this is currently ranked like the fourth or fifth best white common. What? I know. So I was just like, I lost it a few times. And I was like, am I crazy? Let me go check 17 lands. And then it was confirming that I'm crazy somehow. So anyways, this is something people might be undervaluing. I don't know. It's a 1-1 one, one that gives you some other upside.
0: Uh, it, yeah it's a one one if you already have a one one and i like it on flyers or maybe. any creature but yeah
1: like you don't really play it on curve that often i guess no
0: but like if you draw it late and you need a blocker
1: and you don't have any creatures it isn't a creature but um correct yeah
0: i need to i still need to be proven on this one because um
1: yeah this card was like a 55.6 like Win, win rate in hand or something it was uh, unbelievable to me but then I was like but I checked this to, to confirm my bias basically mm-hmm. and, and it did not do that it, it actually reneged my bias again interesting
0: because every time my opponent like puts it on one of their creatures I'm like sweet look at this awesome like juicy target to blow up or whatever or like oh this is not going to do anything you're never playing enough creatures that it like actually gets pumped up
1: yeah it's, it's the enchi- partly the enchantment theme i don't know but this one this one was a bit tenuous i just wanted to explain that i lost it a couple of times went to check 17 lands which then asserted that it was good and i was very confused but i'm open to the possibility that this card is better than i think it is
0: um this next one is lantern Mirror. we talked a bit about this earlier in the episode uh just having a blue one drop again jeff with the one drops um, i
1: know there's a lot of one drops on this list that I right
0: <laughs> um it's just you know one of those things but uh it just turns out to be really great hey giving flying plus one plus one after you already had a one one creature it's pretty uh pretty nice
1: yeah so this one i knew was going to be pretty good but i think it's better than i thought and i see people passing it pretty late and it's like i don't know this might even be the best blue common now it's partly because blue sucks a little bit but yeah um, yeah. it's also because this card's pretty good
0: yeah that's really true but i do like the next card because i haven't seen very much of this and i've been thinking about this card i play around this card a lot and i feel like i never see it on the field because i I know it's there so i'm like waiting for someone to get me with it and it never happens
1: right so this is siphon essence it's two and a blue counter target creature planeswalker spell create a blood token this will be one of those ones that you're gonna like move it up in your ranking and then it's going to be a bit overplayed and then everyone's going to play around it and then it's you should move it accordingly down in your rankings right like it should ebb and flow a bit with whether people just walk right into it or not Mm -hmm. Um, but I just wanted to kind of bring up that this has been very good for me and part of it is what we were talking about earlier that blood is a lot better than I think most people realize Mm -hmm. and so that is like a That's a good rider on a three-manor counterspell. Yeah. And you almost always just want to be creating, like, countering creatures anyways. Like, this is not a big downside that it only counters creatures. Exactly. And I like that it's turning that creature into blood. That's kind of cool.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, that is cool. I didn't even think about that. Ugh. Yuck. (laughs) But uh, let's keep moving on to black. These ones, the first one didn't get me uh, too much. This card just seemed great the whole time um and i've seen it on the battlefield enough uh though it
1: does randomly wheel and i don't that that was my thing right i was drafting even earlier today and i got this i picked something else over it in what i thought was a close pick in like pick three or like four or five say and then it came back all the way around i was like well all right i guess i'm just slapping this in the deck
0: that's crazy uh this is blood crazed socialite so it's three and a black for the three three vampire with menace, and when it enters it get you get a blood token. But also when it attacks, you can sacrifice a blood token and it gets plus two plus two. So this is like on turn five, like a five-five menace.
1: And it's just right.
0: I don't know. It's still still three three menace is
1: Yeah, this this card's a house, right? Like three three menace create a blood token is for four is already something you would play.
0: Yeah, even if you use the blood for something else and not to give it to this creature, that's fine. Right.
1: Three three menace is good. Yeah. Like For sure, yeah. Three three menace blood token for four would already be a good good comment. Yeah. And and we were talking earlier that you don't necessarily need blood token payoffs, mm-hmm. but this comes with the blood token itself. So it's already like it's that's already fine. If this had, even just had no other blood tokens in the deck, it attacks for five menace once and then three for the rest of the game, that's good.
0: Yeah. Or it attacks for three the first time. <laughs> and then you have to see whether oh yeah,
1: and you decide to use the, the blood, blood token for something else, or like, yeah.
0: or use it for a later turn. So they're freaking out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I'm happy. Right, I, threat of activation. Exactly. Kind of um, just on another turn, it doesn't. It won't really do it later. But like, I like it. I, I I think it's a good card. It's always really frustrating when turn four. I see my opponent play
1: this. I'm like, oh, God damn it!
0: Like, what am I, am think, I supposed? To, I'm yeah.
1: gonna I'm gonna like take five. Or something, or especially when you've like committed to racing them, or something, and they're yeah, like and you're this. Like, oh, oh, <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't realize you'd be have a five-five menace. Like, yeah, I can't, I can't race a five-five menace.
0: Don't let this go
1: around the table so much. Black is really good. I don't know. <laughs> play, That's the other thing. I have a hypothesis. I think people are turned off by the fact that you can't like use sack the blood token as a combat trick. Like, you have to declare it bef- when you attack, so you can't, like, wait for them to block and decide if you're going to use it or not. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand, if that's how it worked, this card would be busted. It would be a rare. So, like Yeah, it'd be like, that's insane. So don't hold that against it. Like, think of it as 3-3 three, three Menace, make a blood token with upside.
0: Yeah, which is it's strong. Crazy. Um, and this next card is a another one that I felt pretty low on until I read it correctly, I think um mm-hmm. <laughs> i just like read the card another time yeah, yeah.
1: after i read it i was like <laughs> oh this
0: is good why did i think this was not good because it is good uh so jeff what is this card it's my favorite thing uh at the wedding probably i would be close to this yeah yeah,
1: we were hovering around this the whole time i think yeah yeah it's you know? <laughs> waiting for it to top up and then mm-hmm. move the glass Uh, This is Blood Fountain. So it's the one-mana artifact that makes a blood token when it enters the battlefield. And then later on, you can pay three a black and tap it, sacrifice it to return two creature cards from your graveyard to your hand.
0: So two is big because I literally played my entire freaking Nicki Minaj deck with this card and only picked one creature each time I returned stuff to my hand. (laughs) You would have to click,
1: like, select just one or whatever. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
0: and I was like, yeah, okay, that's all I can get. I thought it was just telling me I should pick more. I only did that. I still, I I don't know if the games would have gone differently if I knew that this card was better than it is. Um, But, again, read cards at sorcery speed when they're new. It's uh,
1: really helpful. (laughs) But you can activate this at instant speed, which it also feels like something you shouldn't be able to do.
0: Yes. I also think... Just one mana, get a blood token. Any card that says that is good.
1: Yeah, so uh, that was the other thing I was going to say. When I first read this card, I, A, assumed it couldn't be activated at instant speed because that's the way they've been making these types of cards recently. Mm -hmm. And B, uh, just undervalued that one mana, make a blood token is actually a pretty solid turn one play.
0: Yeah, that's a great turn one play. Like just having blood on the battlefield is like, sweet, this is good.
1: And like any additional stuff on, like I don't think you would play one, black mana make a blood token and nothing else it's a sorcery or whatever Mm -hmm. but you don't need that much more to play it so if it gives you any kind of battlefield presence at all you're happy
0: yeah um this card has been skyrocketing up my rankings um i'm a big fan of it uh so
1: oh yeah this card is like demoralizing when your opponent plays it because you just know you're gonna have to slog through so much to like win this game exactly <laughs>
0: like i guess you like are you gonna abrade a blood fountain like no <laughs> it just maybe maybe like at some point but it would suck yeah I, I could
1: i could see it happening yeah. what the otherwise the abrade's gonna kill one of the two creatures it gets that's
0: so. true you're right okay that does make sense but uh, let's move on to red, Jeff, because this next one is one you've just been talking about the whole time. and uh...
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got to put in... This is Flame Blessed Bolt. Now I know what you're thinking. I think Flame Blessed Bolt is good. It's better than you think it is because I'm getting these like middle of the pack, man. This is first pickable. That's insane. This, like... is, this is the best common, uh, in my opinion, right now. I think it's close with uh, Bleed Dry or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I I would... If I was forced to right now, I would think I would take this, impact one, pick one, because I like red slightly better, but it's like crazy close because both colors are good. Yeah. Um, why do I have red decks that have three or four of these? Like,
0: yeah, And it's so true because I also run into them constantly being like, oh, do I take this Flame Blessed Bolt or I really need this creature? I already have. Two flame bolts. Uh I guess I'll okay. take the creature. Okay. Next pack. Flame Bolts right there. Okay, sweet. Wow. Why
1: is nobody taking this card? <laughs> Do they not know that it exiles?
0: It's so good. Like, yes, exiling like it hits almost all of the the freaking um uh enchantment aura creatures.
1: Right? Exactly. Yeah. Like
0: most of them are one toughness, uh, besides uh Bernice. And then, I don't know. It's it's a great card, one mana yeah, kill so stuff. Good.
1: I know you know it's good, but it's better than that, folks.
0: Don't let it go past
1: you. Like like even, when we did our our draft, the blue red one, we mm-hmm. had three of these or something, and we we're just like every game, we we're just like this is awesome. This like, is it was so relevant that it exiled it there. Yeah, it's like
0: this is so important. Let's just keep doing this. That's great. But I'm I'm, I'm excited for this next one because. Um, I know you specifically were really low on this, and I was kind of like yeah. playing around with I was like thinking, I don't know, it could be okay. Uh, turns out it's pretty yeah. great, um, and I like it a lot. Um, so yeah. this is Voldaren Epicure. Uh, it's a single mm-hmm. red mana for a 1-1 vampire, and when it enters the battlefield, it deals one damage to each opponent, and you create a blood token. One mana create a blood token.
1: Yeah, there's obviously a theme to this list. Blood, to- blood is awesome, mm-hmm. and like cheap ways to make blood tokens are just going to be good. Uh, and this does just enough more. And you know, if you draw it in the late game, you could probably just loot it away to your blood token, so that like that you have lying around. So, or you sacrifice it if you have some exploit creatures or whatever. Yeah, uh, this card is just good. Like I think the crazy thing about this card is that it's constructed playable. So that tells you how good blood tokens are too. Um, yeah, this card is good. I lost to it a bunch of times. Then started taking it myself. Started winning more, and so I just have to just have to admit that this card is good. I don't know. Like,
0: yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's great. Um, the the one damage it deals to your opponent is relevant um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> through some board stalls and different things. Like you need that that every once in a while. I'm happy putting more in my yeah, deck. It's,
1: it's just yeah. it just it always does enough like a a body is good the blood token is good the one damage like you say it comes up the fact that it's a vampire matters like Mm -hmm. just everything comes together on this this is a lot for one mana yep that's great and i still see them like last pick so i don't think everybody's quite caught on they are not
0: jeff you want to talk about the green cards that we're getting into
1: i do so this one is uh I I think I'm just going to have to keep harping on this every time because I saw some stuff in the community that's, like, surprised that this card is good, and I don't think we were surprised, and a similar thing happened uh, with Shadow Beast sighting in the last set, you know, we had it super high coming in, and then everyone else said it sucked, and then by the end of the format agreed it was probably the best green common, Mm -hmm. Um, but that is Hookhand Mariner because people constantly underrate four fours for four, and that's what this is it's a four 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 but it's the werewolf so it flips into a six four that can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less is that right yeah
0: um which means it's you know you can't have two two twos chump block it or like double block it right. to kill it they have to trade like three threes which
1: sucks for them so so that text line is also perennially underrated yeah like people are always like assume it's flavor text and it's really really not like, no chump blocking is also relevant, too. Not even just double blocking. Like, you, if you're racing, you cannot chump block their 6-4. You have to put a real creature in front of it.
0: Yeah, it's big because a lot of people are high on, like, the Wedding Invitation, which is the one that spits mm-hmm. out a bunch of one ones and then pumps your whole team later. And then you have all those one ones. Yeah. The chump block stuff. You can't do that, against this. So, even when you get your Anthem effect, it doesn't do it. So, this card's yeah. good.
1: I've been high on this card since the beginning, but nobody else seems to. And I've had decks where I have, like, four of these because just nobody takes them and i still think they're good so you know yeah. i haven't been convinced that i'm wrong yet from taking but like everyone always just assumes a four 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 isn't good enough in limited and i think a four 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 would already be a medium common in limited and any sort of upside i'm more or less happy with
0: yeah we are literally talking about how this set feels like an old magic set where a four, 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 four is unbeatable <laughs> So having no, something yeah, the, like I, that like, <laughs> is like... I remember
1: M13 or something. There was, four, four, there was a 4-4 four, four for two green-green. I think that was like... It was between that and Llanowar Elves is the best common in the set. Like, that's crazy. Like <laughs> Yeah. Or, well, for green. Yeah, like, I don't well, know what yeah, else yeah, was the but But like but the, what yeah. made Llanowar Elves so good is that you could play that on turn three. Mm-hmm. You were like, oh, then I can play my 4-4 four, four on turn three and I could never possibly lose.
0: Yeah, so, so there you go. A card that's good with the Hook Hand Mariner is the card I decided to add to this list um, because I wanted Jeff to be really uncomfortable about it, but I think it's actually really good. Um, so, and this one goes around forever and not—I don't see it played a lot, but it's also just not like picked ever. But uh, Massive Might, which is the uh, single green mana for an instant, target creature gets plus two plus two and gains trample. I think this card's great because the trample is huge. I think that there's a lot of, like, big stuff that doesn't have trample. And this is a one-mana way to either blank their removal spell, uh, if it's red, or win the game.
1: Uh, yeah, I gotta say, you got me again. This was one of those cards that I just saw it was a one-mana green pump spell and assumed it sucked, and I didn't really read what it did. I think this is generally better than Giant Growth. And Giant yes. Growth used to be an absolute staple limited card, like, really high pick. Well, not really high, but like high pick, you mm-hmm. know, in the first few. Well, like five picks.
0: Yeah, one mana plus two plus three. That's great, but one mana plus two plus two and t- trample. Usually, trample is the thing that you need the most because you have this giant right. fucking thing and you can't get it through through these
1: stupid two twos and one ones or whatever. This is what helps you. get and, and it was rare that you you ever needed all three toughness from Giant Growth. Mm-hmm. That was pretty rare, or all three power. Usually, it's, and so this I, this I think is better. I think it's better as well.
0: Um, Oh, blasphemy. I love giant growth. Um, but massive might, uh, I, I'm big on it. I love the snail picture as well. Uh, so, um, (laughs) but just think about the amount of times you like get into a situation where it's like, I need to win this combat. And this is one of the best ways to do it. So, um, love this card and it just wheels forever because everyone just writes off combat tricks so
1: yeah this one is worth it i think because the investment's so low it reminds me of what was the red one that gave trample and that that one ended up being pretty good run amok
0: yeah run amok oh, uh, that was two man uh, yeah and that was like one of the best cards in kaldheim right like you wanted to play run in your kaldheim deck it's like well now we have run for one a single green so look
1: at that yeah, I'll give it to you. that This card is probably pretty underrated because yes. I just see this snail art going around super late all the time. And hey, maybe that's what green decks are missing. It's just a, a massive might or two. Hey, also, you
0: know, pre-combat massive might, you can do all your training shit.
1: So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> or if they try to, like, bleed dry your 12-12, you could protect it with Massive Might. It,
0: it actually, it will be relevant when your 113 becomes non bleed driedable So look at that. How crazy. How fucking crazy would that be if somebody tries to bleed-dry your 113 and you play Massive Might and they can't do it? That'd be amazing. Okay, new limited goal. I want to yep. play my Nicki Minaj deck and I want to play Massive
1: Might on my 113. Oh. Uh. <laughs> I really hope you pull that off, um, but I'll be watching from the <laughs> sidelines of that.
0: Oh, um, God. That's going to be such a shit deck till that works out. I don't know out. if
1: the, defend, the the defensive deck wants the plus two and plus two. <laughs> and drayble drayble. On that trick. All
0: right, so I'm going to attack for one, and then it gets plus two, plus two, but you will never be able to trade <laughs> off enough creatures to kill it or whatever. Anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. Um, let's go to our... Um, are overvalued cards. These are ones that are being picked like way too much, or people just pick too early. Like, uh, it's not as good as you think it is. Um, right. You can let these go around for a while.
1: It's just, yeah, it's just cards that I've seen on the other side of the battlefield. At a much higher clip than I really should be seeing them.
0: Or you expect them yeah. to wheel just because you think you're going to see them again, and you don't. You're like, right. did someone really take this? Okay, whatever.
1: Over like the blood crazed socialite. Yeah, and you're like, what the? Fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happened? Let's start with our white one, and and again, it doesn't mean the cards are bad, right? It yeah. just means like most people seem to be taking them too high. And so I got to start with Parish Blade Trainee here. I know he's your boy. This is the 2-mana uh, 1-2 with training. When it dies, you put its counters on target creature you control. I think this is mostly just tied to the fact that the training deck is bad. And so if you don't get the training thing going, this is a 2-mana 1-2, yeah. which is awful.
0: No, the, the thing about this is that um, I, I agree it's being picked too high. The training thing is bad, and the only reason this card is playable is because it had that second text. If it was a 1-2 two for two with training... You cannot play this without it, when it dies, you get to put the counter but, but somewhere else. But
1: even that, like, a lot of the best removal in the set exiles too. So, like, I had a game where my opponent had this as a 2-3 and attacked, and I was able to block with my 1-3 and then flamed bless bolt it, and then it's like, okay, you don't get your counter now. Or you can flame-bless bolt it in response to the training attack, which happens pretty often, and a lot of the time, like we were saying earlier, their training attack was a little bit suspect. Mm-hmm because they just wanted to get the counter on this thing you're like cool flameless bolt that in response and then take an easy block on your other attacker it's just that type of stuff happens too often
0: yeah um it's right yeah uh this card goes super early doesn't need to go that
1: early yeah i like never see it in the draft and i always see it on the other side of the battlefield and i'm never concerned really yeah (laughs) get 14 you could get like you know 10 counters on it i'll just still hit it with bleed dry and let's go nowhere yeah
0: that's really true uh next one we're jumping to you know what it is it's a blue card it is wretched throng all right yeah (laughs) i was pretty high on this card not high i was really excited about this card i didn't think it was gonna be very good but i thought it'd be really exciting um it's not exciting it's really boring uh, actually
1: it's <laughs> a bunch <of> two ones.
0: <laughs> it's 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 just the two one for two that dies and you get another exact copy of it um the art is cool i guess because they're throwing up themselves but uh besides that,
1: is, is that cool i find it really gross well it's gross but
0: it's like interesting maybe i don't know anyway yeah it's it's no good it's not a good it's
1: not good so i think one thing about this card that so i've played so many games against this card and the reason i had to put it in is like i've had my opponent chain like four or five of them together and i've still won because you just have a bunch of two ones exactly like and you're actually spending the mana to cast it you're talking about it like it's free if it went onto the battlefield that's a whole other story but this goes into your hand and you have to cast it yeah and a lot of times it felt like they were doing that over doing something good it's not good it's not good i don't like it and i think people aren't realizing that they sacrificed some of their draft for it like they're like oh i i had five in my deck and it was awesome it's like what would your deck have looked like if you didn't take so many fucking wretched throngs? Though you probably would have had better cards in it. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it, it hits you up both in the games as not being that good, and in the draft as being something you had to like plan or like you know take a whole side road of your draft to accomplish.
0: Uh, sweet. Let's move on to black because we have two different cards. Um, I think you are right that the black cards are really strong. So for the most part, I'd never really see a black card where I'm like. That card's not good, though, or... So the
1: thing is, the bad black cards, there's, like, three or four of them, and mm-hmm. they're really bad, and nobody plays them, so I couldn't really put them as overvalued. Yeah. Uh, and then all the other ones are at least fine. But I put Dread Fugue here just because a couple of people have hit me with Dread Fugue, and it's like, I don't think you should be playing this card really in Limited. Mm. <clears throat> I understand that it's like... It's like Thoughtseize isn't even particularly good in Limited.
0: Yeah, it's just...
1: And this is really bad. Thoughts is basically mm-hmm. so it's not it's not great.
0: I haven't seen this ever cast, so I have no. I just see it in the draft and never pick it. So um, that's that's my uh, thoughts with that. Although I think that Gift of Fangs is really highly picked, and mm-hmm. I'm starting to pick it lower now because mainly that I think Black Red is the best deck. And vampires are really strong. And so if you're playing against, if you're playing a removal spell that's supposed to kill small creatures, but the best fast decks are vampire decks, it doesn't do what you want it to do. It ends up yeah. being better as your aggro card that makes your 1-1 into a 3-3. Uh, that's how I've used it more. Where I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's a removal spell in my hand, and then when I'm playing the game, I'm like, oh, I should just put this on my flyer, and then my, my flyer is <laughs> better.
1: And that's, and I'm like, oh shit, I forgot that my flyer, it's a, it's a vampire. So. That's the old like double timeout, have obvious lethal in the air. Exactly. They're like, oh. (laughs) Double timeout, like make my flyer lethal. Kill you. (laughs)
0: Um, So it's not so much that I don't think you should continue to pick this card. I think it is good. I just don't think it's the removal spell you think it is. And uh, know that when you start to get into later in your wins, when you're up into like five through seven it might not be usable as a removal spell. Just think of that.
1: Yeah, so it works both ways with the vampires thing, right? Where, yeah, it's bad against vampires, which is the best deck, Mm -hmm. or black-red is the best deck, which is going to have vampires. And also, it goes the best in vampires, but vampires has access to the best removal and probably doesn't care about this. Like, you would rather play Flame Blessed Bolt over this for sure, even in vampires. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I think it's probably, like, fine if you didn't get a ton of removal. You just pick one of these up and yeah. hope it gets you there. But I think it's a totally mid-pack card.
0: Yeah, it definitely... It doesn't need to be, like, this sweet
1: deadweight first pick kind of... Uh, not even first pick, but you know what I mean. Like, it's just... Right, it did look like deadweight with upside for a second there, which is... and if, Like, that's first pickable, but exactly. this card is, I don't think, first pickable.
0: And if, uh, and if vampires weren't as strong and fast maybe or if there were enough one drops that weren't or you know the early aggressive creatures weren't vampires maybe uh but no mm-hmm. not not in the the this format for sure
1: okay so for my next cards people are overrating in red um this one's just for you you're the only one that's overrating <laughs> and everyone else knows it's bad but it's uh ancestral anger okay Le- one ran <laughs> one, one mana sorcery let me read the card okay all, all right, right so sorry sorry read, sorry, sorry 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 yeah Uh, One mana Sorcery, guys. Sorcery. Target creature gains Trample and gets plus X, plus O until end of turn, where X is one plus the number of cards named Ancestral Anger in your graveyard. Draw a card. So it gives a creature plus one, plus O, and Trample at Sorcery speed until end of turn.
0: Yeah, well, why would I need Trample when it's my opponent's turn? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so the reason that I like this card... It's
1: when they chump block, then you do it.
0: (laughs) Um, I like this card because, uh, it is a one-mana cantrip. In the, in the blue-red spells deck, I was enjoying it as just, like, a card that, like, usually dealt my damage, or dealt my opponent one, and I drew a new card. Um, I haven't been able to... There are enough people that like this card. I think you're wrong. I think people do like this card. (laughs) There are enough people that like this card that I can't get. Just you. I can't get enough of them to make it worthwhile to have a whole deck of them, because the only reason this deck would be good is if I can wheel a ton, but I can never wheel a ton because everyone keeps taking
1: it. <laughs> then you wouldn't have any creatures. <laughs> this card would just no. But all my yeah. first picks. Okay, are... we played this card, and what did we do? Every single time, we cast it on our opponent's creature to cycle it away.
0: Yeah, and that was great. We did really well. <laughs> Every...
1: No, so it was like a really bad opt.
0: So, I don't know. There's no opt in this format.
1: This card's opt already is really limited playable these days. Opt is great. What are you talking about? Get out of here.
0: Get out of here. Opt is great. I'd rather
1: consider my options.
0: No, I'd rather consider my options. Just I don't know. Anyway, um, no. Uh, So, um, I think this card is more of a meme dream than a good card. (laughs) I don't put this in many of my decks. But I do think it would be a really fun deck that you built that is this card. But if you, I don't have enough of them that I don't want to do it as much. Um, but even this with like it's, you know, you could just attack with some huge shit. It sounds great. I don't know.
1: I like it. If, if at the end, 17 lands, the end of the format, 17 lands will tell me this card's in the top half of Red Commons, I will be shocked.
0: What will you do? I will do? be
1: Flame Blessed Bolts bolted
0: well if, if it's in the top half of red wait red commons oh shit let me check Ooh, there's a lot of good red commons <laughs> i don't know if i want to make a bet never mind i'm not gonna make a bet <laughs> i was like i'm gonna are you t- looking at
1: 17 lines right now <laughs> no no i'm just looking at the red commons
0: <laughs> oh yeah because <laughs> like sure strike gets me so so much that like all right uh
1: fucking sure strike anyway yeah I- i'll I would believe that it's better than Lightning Wolf. I'll give you that.
0: It's definitely better than Lightning Wolf and End the Festivities. Everything else. Oh, yeah,
1: and the Festivities has got to be the last that, one at the bottom. Yeah, that one fucking sucks. But,
0: uh, yeah, all right, fine. But I
1: did want to put, put like, a real one out there for all you non-Zach folks who already know that card <laughs> wasn't good, uh, <laughs> which is Lacerate Flesh. So this is four and a red sorcery. It deals four damage to a creature. Create blood tokens equal to the Uh, excess damage now blood tokens are better than we thought the only reason i would say this is overvalued is that um, red has so much good removal that you don't need to stoop to five mana sorcery deal for like that is just so much worse than a braid at common flameless bolt at common and then there's the five mana for three at uncommon like if you're in a red deck, you just don't really need to play this. If you need to play this in your red deck, it's because there were three or four red drafters at the table and you didn't get the really premium stuff. Yeah.
0: Um, also, like, oh, a five-mana sorcery that you're like, ooh, hopefully the best case scenario is I killed her 1-1 so I get three blood
1: tokens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, that, that's another good point, right? If this kills something that a Braid and Flame blessed Bolt wouldn't kill, then you don't get any blood tokens, so... <laughs> why are you
0: playing this? Like, yeah. okay. Yeah, you did kill that four toughness creature. Nice job. Um, All right, let's get to the last one and then go to last
1: call. All right, so this was my pick, so I guess I'll read it. It's the green one. Um, To be honest, I, it was hard to find a green card that's overvalued. Maybe that just means green isn't the best, but there is a card that I see all the time, and I it boggles my mind because I don't understand why... You would play this card. So it's Sheltering Bows. I think it's Bows. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say Sheltering Bows, and it's two to An, <laughs> <of aura. laughs> an enchantment or an enchanted creature. When it ETBs, it draws a card, so maybe that's why. But then its enchanted creature gets plus one, plus three. Um, yeah, I just, my opponents play this really, really often, and I think it's terrible. Like, it still has the problem of if I kill your creature in response, you don't get your card, so you get two for one, uh, and it's kind of like a three-mana pump spell a lot of the time. Plus one, plus three is not that relevant. Is this supposed to be for the black-green, like, Nicki Minaj deck? I don't even know. What is this for? I don't know either. Why, why is everyone playing this?
0: This card sucks. Every time I put it in place, yeah. I'm like, why the fuck would you play this? Yeah. <laughs> You could
1: be playing. Like, oh, free.
0: You could be playing so Ancestral play. Recall. No, <laughs> it's not Ancestral Recall. <laughs> I say that every oh time. can well, yeah, they? <laughs> no, that. I want to play Ancestral Recall. <laughs> it's you could play Ancestral Anger instead. But you play this three mana version for the same shit. Kind of like it doesn't matter.
1: Like, <laughs> it's bad. I, I yeah. Like this that. card is really bad. Stop playing it. Yeah, and that doesn't mean there are no situations where it's passable but like uh, people are playing it too much
0: right? I, so so the thing is people are really low on nature's embrace which fine i get it like i get why you wouldn't want like the that card i i understand that i like or more than regular people but yeah. sheltered bows is not great because it it just uh, what are you gonna do it doesn't give reach like wouldn't you want it to or have flash or something like it just
1: if it had flash, it would be great. Yeah. Cause it'd be like a combat trick that cycles that like, you know, exactly. Gets itself a new card. I guess
0: in this format, they don't want you to have a combat trick that cycles. So
1: it may be great is even pushing it a bit, but it'd be a lot better. Maybe it'd I would, it would pretty make
0: pretty more sense game. why people would play it. Um, I think yeah. nature's embrace is better in every almost like most every case. Like,
1: yeah, and I don't think Nature's Embrace is that good. So, yeah, but I no, agree that it's probably better than this. Exactly. And I,
0: I agree that Nature's Embrace is also not very good unless you want to play something on a five-mana spell really, really, really intensely. Want to play a five-mana spell? <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, don't play it. Those are our picks for the kind of overvalued, undervalued cards that are in draft, things that we have noticed. Um, tell us if you don't think that uh, we're right about anything. Um, we'd love that. Find us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. We'll tell you about that later, but right now it's time for last call because it's getting late, Jeff, and we don't want this to be midnight magic, do we? (laughs) I mean, I kind of want it to be midnight magic, but at the same time, you know, it's getting late So I agree. Jeff, big reveal time. Which one did we pick? (sighs) Who knows? Who can ever be sure? Here we go three
1: I have an idea. two one hey hey look at that we both picked the same beer <laughs> i thought you might have picked yours i uh no okay well, we'll get to that i guess yeah we
0: will get to that um i'm just gonna pour this right out because i uh i really liked the last one i had i really liked it i well let's just get right into to rating beers um So, uh, as always, if you're new to the show, uh, we have a rating system that is the tiers in Arena. So, it's from bronze to mythic, and those are the tiers in Arena. Those are the tiers that we rate beers on, and these ratings have nothing to do with what we think of the people in the tiers uh, in Arena. It just has, it's a fun way to talk about beer. But with that being said, bronze beers are trash beers. They're horrible. They're so bad that you can't even finish drinking them. Like, you just get rid of them.
1: Yeah. Silver beers are beers that have nothing really interesting going on. You know, most macro brews will find themselves in this category.
0: Yeah. Uh, gold beers are fine, but you're probably not going to think about them ever again. Yeah.
1: Platinum is, they're good, and you you would drink this one again.
0: Diamond is exceptional. You will recommend this to your friends.
1: And Mythic is the absolute best. You'll recommend this to anyone and everyone. That is right. Jeff,
0: I think we should just start off right off the bat with the beer we did not pick because I have the most feelings about that one. Okay. Um, We did not pick my beer, which was Midnight Magic. And boy, was it not magic (laughs) at all.
1: I didn't really get the pomace.
0: I didn't get anything. It was it was nothing.
1: Yeah, so I so when I hear saison, I'm expecting big flavors basically mm-hmm. because that, to me that's what it means like you kinda get the the fruitiness coming through from the it's supposed to be like a farmhouse style ale, like some, you know, guy in the south of France for this in his farmhouse or something and you get all these crazy flavors in it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm promised. And I felt like this one was a bit flat on that.
0: I always feel like Saison is supposed to be kind of like spicy and has like some different tones in it. It's going to be a little bit edgier and different than some other beers that you've had. This tasted like nothing. Like
1: Yeah, it was definitely pretty monotonous.
0: I'm really happy that this is a, this is a small batch because I'd never want to drink this again. <laughs> Although I'm going to drink another one later in the uh, after party. Uh, but yeah, ugh, I was so upset.
1: <laughs> I don't know if they're trying to make like a more drinkable saison as an experiment cuz it's not like a beer style that a lot of people like. You know, it's not like a an entry ramp beer style. Definitely sure. not. So so maybe that was their ambition, but um yeah, I don't know, for something that was a saison mixed with wine allegedly, like all of that just means big flavor to me and I didn't get any.
0: I didn't get that. any flavor. Like, it is yeah. it is definition silver in my mind. It's so silver that after the first sip, I was like, you
1: know, what? I was good. I was ready to give it gold, but I think you've kind of talked me down because I was like trying to not be too harsh on it. No, and, uh, you know, I didn't want to come out and give your like Muskoka and your pick uh, a silver here, but I think you're probably right. You know, it was it was boring enough to merit silver.
0: I was, it was just so frustrating because it seemed so exciting and fun, and I was really high on it coming into it. I was so excited. I've had this for a while and was like, oh, I can't wait to drink that. And the first sip was like, this is nothing. This is just a whisper in the wind. Um, See,
1: that's how I was talking myself up to gold. I was like, you were just expecting too much. You got less than you expected, and so it came across as flavorless. No,
0: no, I, um, it just tasted like nothing. Sorry, I'm over it. Let's move on. <laughs> Silver for Midnight okay, Magic. Okay, a pair of
1: silvers for mm-hmm. Midnight Magic. Um, then let's go on to Viaduct, which was the other end of the scale where I was really pleasantly surprised by this one. Yeah. Uh, you know I it's really hard for an IPA to come on this show and get a high ranking from me because I've tried so many IPAs, and a lot of them are just more of the same. Mm-hmm. But I actually really like this one. So. I
0: interesting i liked it as well i didn't think of it as like super this is funny i didn't think of it as something that was like different or exceptional until drinking the second one the second one feels really nice like Mm -hmm. the first one was good the first one was just a relief i think after the the midnight magic which i was like (laughs) can i drink a real beer sorry can i have a beer like this is fine like it's not even fine it's just like i don't want to drink that again sorry I'm going to get off that train. But I'm going to get onto this Danforth train because, um, boy, was it nice. Did it make me feel like I was uh, just wavering above the river on a bridge?
1: Totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bought this beer because I've never had anything from Danforth Brewery. Um, and I'm going to be trying some more stuff. Now, this is just exactly the type of stuff I like in an IPA, so it has kind of like... The, the citrus sure the citrusy mm-hmm. notes going on um but it also has a bit of that woodsy stuff mm-hmm. uh, that i don't like when that's the main focal point but i love it when it's a little on the back and i'm trying to figure out if i if they tell me what hops they used on this can but it looks like they just tell you it's like water and hops and yeast and, and bar- barley like yeah like every beer but um i think it might be cascade okay but i can't find the uh I can't find the like ingredients. Oh, it says there, but...
0: Cascade at the top. Cascade citrus aromatic.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Okay, so then uh, it's Cascade hops, which I uh, I love. So
0: yeah, there you go. Um, I think I also love them. I think that those might be the ones that uh, I'm really high on. So, um, yeah, Jeff, where are you gonna put this
1: bad boy? I landed on Diamond for this, and and um, you're not gonna talk me out of it. Ooh, wow. Um,
0: <laughs> I'm feeling very pessimistic. I think I really like this one. Um, I think I might want to try more of their stuff. Um, I would probably, I think it's solid. I'm going to give it platinum. I don't think it's um, one of my favorite IPAs or like it's, it's not one that I would probably recommend a lot, but um, mm-hmm. for sure I thought this was solid, like a really good beer. And I'm definitely going to try more of their stuff to see if I start to grow a little higher and higher on them.
1: Fair enough. I had a feeling that you might be on platinum for it, mm-hmm. um, which is still good. But yeah. uh, I just really liked it because it line it just lines up with what I think of when I think of West Coast IPA.
0: I think I agree with that as well. Uh, so it definitely feels like a West Coast IPA. So um, great, wonderful. Uh, at least we had one beer that was good <laughs> because <laughs> it's always a bummer when both beers kind of just suck. So um, all right, Jeff. It I has happened, but it does happen. <laughs> So Jeff, I think that it is closing time. Um, oh, that's a shame. You can always reach us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram if you have any questions or think that we are rating certain cards too highly, too lowly. <laughs> what? Just go on and tell us what your favorite color pair is and how you think that our ranking of it was not good enough.
1: Uh, you might also find us on Arena under the username Arena Regulars Podcast. If you see us. Not practicing what we preach here and playing some of the cards we said were bad and not playing the cards we said were good. Please, please tell us, you know. Don't let us get away with that.
0: Absolutely. Uh, if you want to reach me personally, you can find me at Zulberg, that's Z E U L B E R G on Twitter and Instagram. But Jeff, where can they find you?
1: They can find me at Blues Brews MTG on Twitter. I post occasionally yeah
0: you do uh (laughs) also please review us on apple Podcasts and itunes follow us on spotify and any place you're listening to us right now subscribe to our youtube channel and leave a comment just about anything we would love to hear your feedback. It really goes a long way. It makes us feel really great. Actually, recently we had a listener reach out to me and tell us how excited he was for every Thursday because our show came out, and that just really made me feel very good inside. So um, that's
1: yeah, that's awesome. I hope was
0: it your mom. It was my best friend, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, All right, I'm just gonna let that one go. Yeah, oh, that, yeah, that but nice. still.
0: It, it means a lot, so we... Um, I remember sending that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you to stop playing Ancestral Anger. There's no dream. Just, <laughs> just don't play it. <laughs> oh, good night.
0: <laughs> All right, that's fine.